0: Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. On today's episode, I provoke you to consider, are you really letting him develop his mind and his way of thinking in you so that you can live like Jesus, and I also encourage you to really think about have you given up your right to yourself to Him? Have you given yourself fully into His care, or are you still trying to run your own world as a Christian? Take a listen today, and I hope it provokes you deeper in your walk with Him. Hey, everybody, it's great to be back together again today. You know, last time we were together, I talked about this powerful characteristic of the mind of Christ. And let's be clear, when I talk about the mind of Christ, we're talking about the way Jesus would think then, the way He thinks now, the way that He has always thought, and that we now have the mind of Christ. We can think like Him, and we must If we're going to live like Him. So to be His disciple is to live like Him. It's not trying to imitate Him or figuring out what would Jesus do and then try to do that in my own strength. No, this is about allowing Him to actually reproduce the same magnificent way of life and thinking in each of us who say that we are His. That to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, is that I follow the Son so that I can learn to live as a son, and we want to be those who are really learning this way of life. This is their way of life, and uh, it's always been so powerful to me to really see this in the Scripture Uh, As in Philippians 2, um, basically verses 5 through 7, uh, where it talks about what he did. And uh, you have to infer that he did this when he was the eternal Son of God. And he did what it says there in Philippians 2 as the eternal Son of God so that he could come and be the Son of Man, that he could become the human man Jesus. And what it says that he did was that he had this attitude and he had this purpose in mind. And therefore he humbled himself as God so that he stripped himself of all of his rightful privileges and all of his dignity as God. This blows my mind. I've been talking about this for years and I'm sitting here today talking about it and it's still blowing my mind is that he, as God, did not consider his equality with God, that he was God, that he had all the attributes of God, that he was fully God. He did not consider that equality to be something that he was going to grasp and hold on to and nobody was going to be able to take that out of his hand. He did not cling to that in a way that caused him to refuse uh, the the will of the Father. Now, this is as the eternal Son of God. So, can I just say to you that this is the way God himself lives. That's why I'm always reminding folks and reminding myself is that our invitation isn't just come to me and escape hell, This is the original invitation. This is what it's always been inside of Plan A, is come and be one with me, share in my life, and come and live like me, think like me, relate like me. And it is um, our privilege and our honor, isn't it? And so too often we look at this call to discipleship, this very personal, provoking, Powerful call from Jesus to us is come and live like me. If any man would um, come after me, let him take up his cross and come after me and conform to my way of living and thinking, he says, and even dying if need be. This is our privilege. This is our honor to live as we were always meant to live in oneness with Him sharing in their actual nature and life. This is why it's so sad to me that the majority of Christians would still believe the horrendous lie that they're still just a sinner saved by grace, that if we cannot come to the place to see our true identity as uh, fully new, fully whole, because we share in their life, Um, then we'll never move on. We'll never grow up. We will never be to them who we were meant to be. Because ultimately, uh, taking up our cross, when Jesus said that, he knew there'll never be any following or discipling or maturing or anything if the cross is not taken up as a way of life, as our way of deliverance from the old and our absolute ability to live fully in the new. And I think this gets lost. And I don't mind repeating myself because I know that it has to be heard again and again. That to be his disciple is a call to live like him. Not not try to imitate him. Not just try to live by a certain creed or a list of principles. Um, that this is to live by the very lifeblood of a person to have his mind, his heart, his nature, to be one with them, not just in theory, but in the real living of our everyday, down in the dirt, nitty gritty life that we're in, and to allow him to do the reproducing of his life inside of us. Now, of course, the enemy's goal isn't really to get you to misbehave. You know, sin is his power, is the devil's power. Many Christians just think of sin as a you know bad behavior, but sin is an actual force, a power. It's personified in Genesis 4. Uh, it says that it crouches at the door, it waits for you, it wants to master you. In Romans 7, the Apostle Paul spoke of it as a principle, meaning as an entity uh, that still resides in your bodily members and wants to rule you. Um, and, uh, we, we want to be those that understand that the one goal of the power of sin wielded by the enemy is to keep you from the father. It's to keep you from trusting in Christ. It's to keep you operating in the strength of your flesh, not in the power of Holy Spirit. So hell has a goal, which is keep those sons from that father, and we've got to recognize that it's not just, oh, you know, the devil tries to get me to misbehave. No, he wants you to misdepend, if I can put it that way. I know that sounds kind of strange, but it's, it's an issue of dependency. You see, Jesus wasn't uh, someone that was sinless because he behaved well. Uh, Jesus was born sinless, okay, by the incorruptible seed of, of the Father, and he lived and functioned sinless because he depended well, not because he behaved well. He depended well. He never came out of his abiding dependency upon the Father. And that's what the enemy was ever trying to do. It doesn't matter what bait the enemy uses. You've got to see the goal behind the bait. We've spent all of our life trying to resist the bait oh, I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do that. No, we've got to look behind the curtain. Why is that bait being used? Because maybe that's how you've always tried to meet your own need independent from the Father. You know, the bait is, if it's sex, okay, then that's maybe you, you're you falling for that bait because that's the way you think you're going to be adored and loved and wanted and cherished And you don't yet see that behind the bait of sexual sin at whatever depth that it's at is a temptation to come outside of God and meet your own need for love and belonging and all of that. So that's what the enemy's doing, all right? And we, again, we we can't stay in hand-to-hand combat Fighting the behaviors, and I'm trying to quit doing this certain behavior. I want to provoke you because remember, I said this call to discipleship is first very personal from Jesus to you personally, and then it is provoking to the deepest depths that it could possibly be, is that it provokes you to go deeper, to go behind the curtain and really see what's going on. Why are you being toyed with like you are? Why does the enemy want to use your deep needs for love and acceptance to humiliate you and to get you to meet them yourself, and explain things to yourself, you know, like, well, God knows I have this need, and, you know, I'm sure God understands that I've got to go outside of his will to meet it, and, you know, all of this thinking that still runs rampant inside the private life of a believer, and that's why we've got to look at, now, how is it that we are thinking, and if we could really realize we have the mind of Christ you have the ability to begin to think like Jesus and I want to share this dimension is to see like Jesus because you see with the mind you don't just think with the mind you see with the mind And what perspective do you see things from? And I believe that he's getting ready by the power of the cross. When we take up our cross to follow him, that he then begins to provoke us to see things um, from his perspective. Therefore, he has to expose the perspective that we have been seeing things through. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymacrady.com. Or follow her on social media at nbmcready. And uh, this is why I can tell you that if you're going to function in the mind of Christ, it's not just going to be giving up negative thinking to have positive thinking. Because <laughs> all of Jesus' way of thinking isn't always quite positive. It isn't just a better attitude. Um, you know, it is a complete different attitude source of thinking. It goes completely against the grain of the thinking of the world. It is the thinking of the Son and His whole entire perspective, uh, the Son and the Father and Holy Spirit. And when they start giving you, if you will, a piece of their mind, it is so powerful and will forever transform the direction in which you live. And Jesus calls us to this. He says, come on, you know, you're born again because I came after you. Now, come after me, pursue me, give up your right to yourself. There's nothing more torturous than, than maintaining your right to yourself, that you're still going to run your Christian world. And when you can really come to a place and yield and say, you know what, I don't want to run me anymore, and I yield myself to you, Jesus I yield myself to you that I can be literally conformed in reality to your way of thinking, to your way of living, to your way of relating, to your way of warring, to your way of uh, everything. And when that can happen, excuse me, there goes my alarm. All right. <laughs> and uh, so if we can, if we can begin to uh, see it from his point of view, And conform to Him, what we're really doing is we're pursuing them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so they can raise us into the full stature of Christ. They can raise us from season to season, year to year. They can raise us as sons to mature us, the disciplining, training of the Father to us. We're not pursuing them so that we can attempt to figure everything out and live like Christ. We are here to pursue them so that we're saying, okay, I give up my right to myself. Now you raise me. I give my right to myself to you, God, and you raise me according to you. I want to adapt to you in my ways of thinking and living and relating and learning how to tell the truth. How many of you know it's going to take the power of God for us to learn how to tell the truth? It takes the power of God for us to have simple conversations that are truthful and honest and sincere and pure. Every command of the scripture is to the new life. And it can only happen as we do it for their purposes and allow them to do it according to what they're after with us. So uh, I just, you know, this is a short time together today, but I just felt that I needed to reiterate this And uh, if you are listening to this podcast, but you haven't listened to the one previous called Undeterred, then I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that and let this deepen inside of you. Give thought to this, what you're hearing. Give thought to this, that to follow him is so that you can live like him. And he, when he was God, he stripped himself of everything on purpose. Nobody did that to him. It says he stripped himself. You see, we, if we're going to live like them, everything is done out of our freedom that they have given us. And now we get to decide, shall I, will you strip yourself of your rights, of your to direct your own self and yield them to him. Don't yield them to the air. Don't just give them up to just anybody. It's, I give my right to myself, Father, to you. And because this is the way that he lived as the son of God, and that is the reason he became the son of man. This is why Jesus is so phenomenal, is that it's this way of life. And it says that he did that so that he could accomplish the will of his Father. So we are privileged to live a way of life where we can say, you know, Father, I certainly am willing to give up on all that that's not working for me, but I want to give up on everything that's been a gain to me. I want to give up on everything that's ever been life to me, whether it be reputation, status, whatever it may be, so that I can yield myself fully to you so that I can give myself to you without any reserve and abandon myself to you to let you uh, raise me so that I can be prepared to walk in oneness with you. None of this is theory, my friends. This is our real way of life, and it's his new life in us that shall be developed and uh, that we will be able to grow up in Uh, it's not the human life made better it's his life an altogether new life and that life is willing to lay down its rights remember this isn't some weird way that god's given for humans to live this is how god lives himself (laughs) it is what he required of himself and that's why jesus does not hesitate to pass that invitation on to us He says, This is the way I lived towards my father, and this is the message I pass on to you. He says, So come after me. Take up your cross. You're going to, it's going to absolutely require the work of the cross towards everything that's old and the, and the way of the cross, which is what enables the new man to live. He says, And come and live like me. Let's live this life together. And he gives specifics of that. So I encourage you, I don't want to speak on this today, but I encourage you read what Jesus actually said himself in the Gospels. Start with Luke 9, 23 and 24. I encourage you maybe read it in the Amplified Classic and see what did Jesus say? He said, if you're gonna live and come and live like me, here are some of the things that you can expect. Um, and he shares those and he really provokes us very deeply. And uh, so all of that will require us to yield our right to ourself. Nobody can make you do this. Nobody can threaten you to do this. That's not their way of life. He gives us the invitation, and then he lets us decide. And I pray today that you'll decide. I pray that you'll not only hear him and see him at new levels, but when you hear him and you see him, I pray that you'll choose him and that you will make the wisest decision of your entire life, which is to freely give yourself completely to him into his care and let him raise you into full maturity. And uh, so I'm glad that you were on with me today. I hope that this encourages you. Hope it provokes you to think. And uh, so I'll look forward to being together with you next time here on Tent Talk. Love you all. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.